I got to be on the field for Chargers training camp day three, and we're going to talk all about it, including Asante Samuel Jr.'s big day. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go follow or subscribe for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, we are getting into day three of training camp. Training camp continues to rage on, and then we're going to get into some of the wide receivers. One of the things I'm really excited about is Mike Williams in the slot. Definitely going to create some mismatches. That's exactly what I want to see. And then Eric Kendricks, surprisingly speaking very, very highly about Kenneth Murray, and I think that's probably good for Kenneth Murray's confidence. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's such a big kind of puzzle piece for this Chargers defense. And I think a lot of how good they're going to be is going to be around him. But I do want to start with Asante Samuel Jr. having a big day when I got to go out there. Thank you to David Drogmeyer for being persistent, getting us media credential for Chargers practice. It was really, really cool. And it was nice to see kind of an inside look being on the other side of the fence. And one of the things that stood out when I was out there was Asante Samuel Jr. led by his pick six of Justin Herbert. Love seeing Asante Samuel Jr. make big plays. I think Asante Samuel Jr. knows that the situation at corner is going to be a little bit different than it was last year. Last year, you got a lot of opportunities to play on the outside with J.C. Jackson uh, getting hurt. And now that J.C. Jackson is back in the fold, I think he knows that he's going to have to shift his focus to trying to earn some snaps in the slot. Yeah, and just as far as the breakdown was out there, the first seven-on-seven period they came out, and Asante Samuel Jr. was playing in the slot. Then they are starting in the slot, I should say, and then the next time they came out for 11-on-11s, right, because those are the two team periods. One is without linemen, one is with linemen, basically. But Jasir Taylor started in the slot. I would say that out of both of them, I think that Asante Samuel Jr. probably got more snaps there because both of them were playing with the second unit, and Jasir Taylor was cross-training outside. Asante Samuel Jr. was in the slot. But yeah. he also almost came down with another interception. Actually, like a fluke play, had an interception, went to the ground with it. As he went to the ground, the ball popped out of his hands and into the waiting arms of Darius Shepard. It was one of those plays. If you can, was, imma- right. if you can en- envision or imagine the Melvin Gordon fumble where he, he fumbled the ball, pops right up in the air, Keenan Allen just grabs it and runs yeah. right in, in the end zone. That's essentially what happened on that play. Yeah, so that was a good thing, at least for the <laughs> offense, right? This one. Yeah. Not so much, but obviously when it's something like that, it's like, hey, the dude put himself in a position to intercept Justin Herbert twice in the yeah. same practice. Also had a pass breakup. But then as, you know, kind of in typical Asante Samuel Jr. fashion, there was also a couple times where he got beat by Keenan Allen, got beat by Mike Williams, another one. Obviously, you can count that against him with Darius Shepard. But I think that just for him, though, this is kind of the first of the corners who has, like, made a ton of plays on the football. Yeah, I mean, that's what Asante Samuel Jr. has really kind of been known for throughout his first couple of seasons uh, in the NFL is 
taking those chances and making those spectacular interceptions. And honestly, in this one, it was just about him being in the right place, uh, really kind of feeling that soft spot in the coverage and anticipating where he thought that throw was going to go. And, you know, that's something that he, he's done and, and does at a very, very high level. He yeah. did it on this play and uh, Reddit took it back for a pick six. And, and it was definitely a, a beautiful play. But that's what you come to expect with, with Asante Samuel Jr. is you know you're going to get some of those crazy, awesome, spectacular plays. We just need to see some of the regular plays be done at a more consistent level. I'd say overwhelmingly it was a better day for him than it was a bad day for him. And I think when you're looking at his direct competition with Jasir Taylor, the two guys that we see kind of battling it out for that star position that's starting there, it is a starting position for Brandon Staley's defense because of how many times they have three cornerbacks on the field, right? A lot. They basically, yeah. yeah, I mean, most of the time. So it is a starting position, and it's going to be hard to keep him off the field, especially if you're seeing that kind of ball production. And for Jasir Taylor... I'd say it's been a little bit quiet for him so far, and I think when you're looking just over the first three days, it feels like a lot of big plays have come at his expense. Like, Asante Samuel Jr. has had his down moments as well, but, I mean, when you look at just the plays that we've seen go over the top of Jasir Taylor, I mean, Quentin Johnston with a big play over Jasir on that toe-tap drag, you know, toe-tap swag, I should say, yeah, on the sideline. That was actually probably incomplete, but either way, I mean, that was him there. Then also got beat by a Mike Williams bomb on Thursday, beat by Allen on Saturday as well. It just feels like, hey, I mean, not that anything, you know, can be proven at this point, only a couple of days in. But, like, even with Asante Samuel Jr.'s flaws, you are seeing kind of the upside there of at least the ball production. Yeah, I mean, it seems like with Jasir Taylor, it's baptism by fire, right? I mean, you're you're getting thrown in there in the slot, and and yeah, the Chargers it's organization be by good players too, right? Like, yeah, a, exactly. And, and that's what the other thing I was going to say is, let's not forget, like this is Keenan Allen and Mike Williams that yeah. he's going up against in the slot. We're talking about two of the pre- premier wide receivers in the league, like guys that that cook defensive backs yeah. for a living i mean that's just what they do they do it different ways but they still do it at an extremely high level but yes this is definitely uh not the exact uh probably way that he would want to start his training camp but that's the thing sure. is this is just the beginning there's still a long way to go and still a lot of practices in between now and when things wrap up to change the narrative yeah i mean it just feels like this is just one of the first kind of significant days as far as this position battle goes and it's a yeah. position battle that you know if these guys are pushing each other in the charge are really putting the best player out there at the end of the day i mean it's all going to work out for them they're going to have Absolutely. someone extremely valuable coming off the bench and the other thing is too is if you watch the clip on the chargers twitter account or you watch the youtube video of brandon staley being mic'd up you can kind of tell the reverence or at least how much he has invested in jasir taylor like you can tell they oh, yeah. really like this young kid, and they're going to give him every kind of opportunity to win this job or to at least make, you know be on the field defensively because it seems like they really like him. And I think the other part of this is as much as we talk about you know offensive linemen and defensive linemen needing the pads on and even guys like JT Woods, this is another battle that we will have to kind of see where these guys are at when the pads come on because with the Santos Samuel Jr., it's not even really the coverage that has been an issue. It's just the tackling. It's the run defense and how he plays that part of his game. And that's going to be huge for both these guys. Absolutely. I mean, the tackling is such an, an essential element of this game. And like 
you can't properly evaluate this game without pads on because that's how the game is played, right? So, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 good to get some information. It's good to make plays early on uh, when they're in shorts and a helmet, but the real game is played with full pads on. That's where the biggest part of your evaluation has to come through. And, you know, the tackling element of it has to be evaluated with pads. So we'll yeah. have to see what happens when things ratchet up a notch here very, very soon. Yeah, and, I mean... You're not tackling all the way, right? You're not tackling to the ground. But I right. think for Asante Samuel Jr., the biggest thing is just going to be the different angles and things like that that come along from playing in the slot, which is much yeah. different than playing on the outside. That's true. And also just making, you know, getting off of blocks, making sure he is filming the right lane, all things that kind of plagued him in 2022, and not just him. I mean, there was, you know, oh, problems yeah. all over the secondary, but sure. he was one of the worst contributors to that and also you know you have the playoff game the fourth and one right i hate to bring it up but like teams are going to target him right if he can't sure. get better at it and that was just a prime example of that travis at the end doug peterson targeting him on that play so that's going to be big but the other thing is too is like the chances you're not going to need both of these guys at some point this season is also you know pretty low like i mean yeah. there's a chance that jc jackson doesn't come back looking like jc jackson he's not all the way right yet right there could right. be a short leash on him if he goes out there and struggles like he did to start last season. All of those situations, you're going to be very glad to have two guys like the Chargers have battling this out and having uh, a guy who had got valuable experience in Jasir Taylor or, you know, just a valuable ball hawk in Asante Samuel Jr. on the bench. And also just like Asante Samuel Jr., it's very hard to imagine he's not going to get in there in obvious passing downs, third and longs and things like that. Absolutely, man. I mean, th th this is like, you, you know what you have with these with these guys, but this is where you cross train them. This is the time that you do it because you need to be ready for any type of situation. We saw it last year. The Chargers were expecting JC Jackson to, to play a lot. That didn't happen. And so Asante had to go out there on the outside and, and do what he does. And so the Chargers would be wise to cross train as much as possible. So they're ready for any type of situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you see young guys playing all over the place. It's not bad to see those snaps there, but you also want to see them getting the snaps at the spot where you're hoping they go win a starting position as well, right? That's a part of it too. But speaking of which, one guy who has been moving around a lot early in camp, right, is wide receiver Mike Williams, who's been getting more sl slots in the snap. And the thing about that is like it's hard to, you know, really blame Jasir Taylor when he's going up against that dude in the slot. Chargers have the biggest combination of slot receivers or guys that they could put there in the entire league so that's a really tough situation there's also been another guy kind of at the bottom of the receiver depth chart that maybe is trying to make a, a statement for wide receiver six on this team maybe some Jalen Guyton insurance we're going to get into him as well coming up right after this first I do need to tell you guys about FanDuel take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200 right now guys because that's right just $20 and you can land at $200 back in bonus bets win or lose Baseball's fun to bet on now. I mean, it's much, much different than other seasons. You don't have to wait three and a half hours to get the result that you're looking for. And there's so many exciting players to bet on. So many different props that you can do, right? Betting on guys to do crazy things in any given day is something that you're seeing a lot from the young guys in the MLB. And it's a ton of fun. But be careful going with my normal betting advice, which is bet against the Padres because the Padres are hot. But it's all on a an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. And there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. It was so much fun going to Chargers training camp and getting credential for that. Such a big moment for our show. And also just a huge testament to the everydayers out there. 
that continue to support this show. We literally couldn't be here without you guys. And it was so great to hear how many people were yelling at me from the stands was really, really cool. I even signed some things. I didn't think I'd ever be asked for a signature in my life. So that was pretty cool as well. But a testament to the everydayers and make sure you're also back here tomorrow because we get to recap the first day in pads, which is something that's very, very important, especially with some players that we need to see in pads before we get an accurate read on them. But one guy we have gotten a read on in a different position, or at least a different, you know, part of the formation was Mike Williams, who has been exclusively basically an outside receiver for the Chargers over the past two years, an outside receiver for Joe Lombardi in that offense where he was basically trying to play that Michael Thomas role for the, you know, Sean Payton kind of offense. Instead, now this year you're seeing Kellen Moore use him a lot more in the slot. And that is something that has paid dividends. I mean, we've seen him make plays in the slot almost every day of Chargers training camp so far. He's been making plays every day at Chargers training camp so far. And Brandon Staley said it himself, you know, I mean, Basically, you have a power forward going against a point guard when you're putting Mike Williams in the slot against a lot of these small corners. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, Daniel. I mean, you got a guy that's six foot four that can jump out of the building. That's one of the best jump ball receivers in the league and a guy who understands body manipulation. Like he understands how to get himself in between you and the football. I mean, he he does an excellent, excellent job of doing that. So. I mean, just another way to create mismatches. Kellen Moore said it. He said people are going to have to game plan and match and have matchups associated with where he lines up. The more you can line him up in different spots, it just makes it more challenging for other teams to focus on him. Yeah, it's like, hey, where, where's where's Mike Williams? I mean, he's the type of receiver that you have to key in on every single time. You got to know where he is. He's at. And if Kellen Moore is moving him around the formation, making that identification difficult. And just trying to match up, you know, a six foot four receiver on a five foot eight slot corner. I yeah. mean, hey, that's that that's money in my mind every single day of the week. And I think it just kind of fits what his game is, right? Like I think there have been times where he has struggled with really big physical corners on the outside. Sure. Now you're giving him guys he can kind of push around at the top of a route, right? Yeah. And be able to get open that way and kind of command the middle of that field. And have that room to work with and give Keenan Allen maybe some better matchups outside. But really, the Chargers with all of their guys could play any of these guys in the slot. So I think yeah. it's going to be really hard to game plan for them because, I mean, Quentin Johnson can work out of the slot. Keenan Allen is obviously exceptional out of the slot, but is also very proven on the outside as well. It's just another wrinkle, another thing to have to worry about. And one guy that has quietly had a pretty big camp so far in this wide receiver room. Is a guy that we weren't really expecting much from, and that is John Hightower, who the Chargers picked up last year during the season, never really made an impact on the 2022 team. But it feels like he has a chance at least to maybe make this 2023 roster. I mean, if, you know, he is the guy that is going to kind of be a Jalen Guyton insurance plan, it definitely seems like a smart move right now because he had another big play at Saturday's camp, beat Dean Leonard for like a 30-ish yard play. He had a 50-yard touchdown the first day of camp from Justin Herbert, just a bomb over the top. And he's just been getting some teams, you know, some snaps with the first-team offense as well, which is something that I don't think we were really going into this thinking he would get. No, not at all. I mean, he wasn't even on the radar whatsoever. And now, obviously, we didn't know when Jalen Guyton was going to make sure. his presence felt. and. That's not his problem, quite quite right. frankly. Yeah. I mean, John Hightower's job is to go out there and, and make plays and make his presence felt, and he's starting to build his highlight reel right now. I mean, this is where he needs to stack the chips. I mean, this, totally. while, while he has the, the best opportunity to, to take that job while Jalen Guyton's not on the field, this is what he has to do every single time he gets is to make another big play. Try to just 
increase the distance between you and anybody else, and you're going to make a decision very, very difficult. Well, and I think a lot of it depends on when Jalen Guyton does come back, right? It like does, If, if sure. John Tytower's out here and, like, Jalen Guyton can't come back for another three weeks or something like that, how close does that make that? Because I think yeah. the Chargers brought Jalen Guyton back to be that sixth receiver on Definitely. the depth chart. Assuming that they're going to keep six when last year they only kept five. But the thing is, yeah. you don't know how he's progressing, right? I mean, all we know is that so far he's been put in the physically unable to perform list, which he can come off of at any time at yeah. this point in the season. So it's too soon to think he's not going to be back, but he's a four three guy, right? A high four three, like four three nine type of guy. And then you yeah. have John Hightower, who's like a four four two, four four three guy. So if they want yeah. someone that's a field stretcher, he's proving he can do a little bit of that and seems to get be getting some chemistry with Justin Herbert. But another guy that shouldn't be forgotten about in this wide receiver room is Joshua Palmer, who's another guy who's had a really good camp and it's probably got upstaged a little bit. By Josh, or by Quentin Johnston because he's the rookie and he's explosive and he's been a lot of fun to talk about. And he's the Keenan shiny Al- new toy, right? Oh, yeah. absolutely, for sure. But when Keenan Allen was talking about Joshua Palmer, it was very enlightening to kind of what Josh Palmer's feeling right now when he says he's hungry. He can definitely feel that he knows what's going on. He doesn't want to let that diminish what he did last year, which is basically like he knows he's in a battle with a first-round pick. He knows the Chargers picked Quentin Johnston to get him yeah. on the field quickly. And so far, he's doing a pretty good job of showing, hey, I should be a part of this offense as well. Oh, yeah. Josh Palmer's not stupid. Like, he understands what's, what's going on here. Like, he understands that, like, Quentin Johnston was brought in here and he was selected with a first-round pick. So that, that means that he's going to be given— And good, too, right? Like, yeah, that's exactly. That's thing, too. He's been making some plays. Yeah, not only is he a first-round pick, but he's coming in here and he's made an impression already early. Like, he, he's made an impression as a guy who looks like, like he is standing out. Like, he belongs on that field. And so Joshua Palmer, all he can do is do what he's been doing, which is show up early, continue that chemistry with Justin Herbert, and most importantly— make plays in practice which is what he has been doing he has not allowed anyone to take him and take his name out of of that race because he said hey i understand you i respect you rookie but i am here to stay and you're gonna have to take my job before i give it to you yeah and he's pretty definitively i mean in the two of the three days where i've been at chargers training camp has been starting as the wide receiver three for this team when the first team offense comes out there. I mean, Quentin Johnson has gotten a lot in on those rotations. Even John Hightower, even Keelan Doss has been getting in on those rotations. But Josh Palmer is, you know, the guy that's out there right now. And do you think you probably didn't hear the whole, you know, Quentin Johnson saying he won the wide receiver three job already? I bet you he has. Hard to believe he has no idea that that is going on. And, I mean, he doesn't even need that to know, right? Like, I'm sure he feels it day in and day out, and he's working as hard as he can to, you know, prove what he can bring. But Quentin Johnson also is going to have a learning curve, right? He's still very raw. Even as he makes a crazy toe drag, you know, catch, and it's also just every day kind of you see how – that explosiveness looks and it's exciting. Well, the speed also, looks real, man. Like it just looks 100%. like it stands out. It, it does. I mean, it has to me, right? And I've, I've tweeted that out both of the days that I've gone. And it also might not be the worst thing in the world to have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams not on the field for every single snap in every single game, right? So like, you're right. The quicker, <laughs> you know, the, the closer that these guys who are battling for wide receiver three are to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in case they get injured or even just are spelling those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's all good for this team. It's all good for this offense. It's legitimate. And even Darius Davis, I put out there, had his most involved day working with the second team offense, but was making good plays as a receiver, right? Not just as a return man showing some value there. So 
it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of role he can carve out in a really loaded offense that has a lot of mouths to feed. But it was nice seeing him out there looking like a receiver, too, and not just a return man. But there is more that I want to get into, including Brandon Staley shaking me with his stare, which did make me jumble a question. But I did get a few questions in there. I did ask Keenan Allen, too, if he still has that chip on his shoulder, and he brought up the Madden rankings and how much he hates those. But we also heard Eric Kendricks talk about Kenneth Murray, and it's hard to imagine anyone could be more complimentary than Kenneth Murray, or, you know, than Eric Kendricks was. And it was also very interesting when I asked Eric Kendricks, hey, what year did it click for you playing linebacker after you came into the NFL? So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. Again, thank you to the everydayers out here checking us out, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day from now until next June. So get used to us. We're going to be here every day, breaking down each day of Chargers training camp and the big guys that are making their names for themselves as we have preseason games coming up, we have practices with pads coming up tomorrow. We'll be here talking about it. So Hallelujah. make sure you guys are here for that. But I do want to talk about Eric Kendricks, who got on the podium and had some very interesting things to say, because we've heard a lot of people talk about Eric Kendricks, but we haven't heard much from Eric Kendricks himself. And one of the things that he talked about, you know, very glowingly was Kenneth Murray. And we know how big of a, a year this is for Kenneth Murray. It's going to year four. The Chargers didn't pick up his fifth year option. And David, we sit here so often, right? And we're like, you, you can't get excited about Kenneth Murray. We've done it too many times. He's been the breakout player for us, right? Like how many times can we kind of get tricked by it? But then, you know, you hear Eric Hendricks saying the things he did about him, right? I mean, it, it's hard not to. Oh, my goodness. Like very, very glowing remarks from Eric Hendricks. He says, I don't think I've really seen a linebacker that's just been built like him and capable of doing the things that he's able to do behind the ball and also in a pass rush and stuff like that. He's very versatile. He can cover receivers one-to-one, and he's got that speed to go downfield with him. He's a really good player, and he's really smart. I think that's going forward, him being 24 years old and him having a couple years under his belt, those years matter. Those are some just very, very big compliments. I mean, yeah. hey, I mean, that's his teammate. He's going to gas him up, right? He's going to want to give him that confidence. But when that's coming from an all-pro, like those words, they mean something. Like that, you, you better believe that when Kenneth Murray hears that, like that doesn't crack a smile on his face. It definitely would for me. I mean, the question has never been if Kenneth Murray is physically gifted enough sure. to play the position, right? So I think that's it's more... True what he's saying about, you know, how he's reacting to things quicker and he's learning things, right? And yeah, this was what was interesting for me because right after he said that about Kenneth Murray, right, I was thinking, okay, well, when did it click for you? Because he's saying, hey, the game's kind of slowing down for Kenneth Murray. And when I asked him that, he said, I feel like years three, four, five, and six, it was just kind of like, oh, 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 you know what I mean? It was just like, you see more and more now. It's just like when I see splits and things like that, it just triggers. You know the draw, down and distance, third and one, you're looking at it for the personnel. All of that kind of stuff is just second thought, especially when you're coming out of college. I feel like he's on that level now for sure. So still, I think we have to see improve it. And another guy, I think we have to see do it with the pads on, David. But like one thing this made me kind of think of, though, is just how kind of far Dayon Henley is going to have to come, right, to get snaps on this defense just because we know we've heard that, you know, Eric Kendrick's behind Kenneth Murray. We know the coaching staff always says the right thing about Kenneth Murray, but he's been dominating the snaps next to Eric Kendrick's as well. So it seems like it's, you know, going to be him unless something dramatic changes. I mean, hey, that was an excellent question, uh, an excellent question there, Daniel. I mean, Thank good you. job. Great, great follow up <laughs> there. 
but no, it, it was definitely uh, it was great to hear that um, because that's what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for it to click for Kenneth Murray. We've been waiting yeah. for him to have the season where he took all of that physical gifts, all of those that chiseled out of granite look and turned all of that potential into production. So hopefully when he's getting paired up with a guy like Eric Hendricks, I hope that Eric Hendricks is the guy that has the key to unlock all that potential and turn it into production on the football field. And yes, unfortunately, I do feel like that does mean that we might have to wait a while before we see Dayon Henley make his impact on the defense. But hey, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I also asked Eric Kendricks about Dayon Henley, right? And he just said like, yeah, you know, good guy. He's still a rookie, though, right? Yeah. That was it seemed like a very, you know, and then I was like, kind of like, well, how hard is that? How hard is it coming into the league? as a rookie and he's just like yeah you know it's very hard as he's saying it didn't click for him until three four five six you know it yeah. hasn't clicked for kenneth murray we saw drew tranquil and kazir why that it took a little bit for it to click for them yeah so it's just like hey it's going to be a little bit but he also said like hey he's really really smart he's going you know has a great motor like he you know he's going to be very good so sure it just might be a little bit like especially with how the snaps have been distributed not many other people getting first team reps yeah other than Kenneth Murray right now next to Eric Kendricks. But having Eric Kendricks say, like, hey, he's going to the right spot. Like, sometimes we have to rely on our instincts, and his instincts have been there. Like, those are all things we have to see, but, like, we also have to see it when the pads come on, which is what I wanted to ask Brandon Staley about, specifically regarding the offensive and defensive line. Because, I mean, it sucks so bad for offensive linemen to have to block these guys with no pads on. It's just such a different game. But according to Brandon Staley, it is still super important in these days for the linemen as well. And he said, I think you're looking for the play style through the whistle. You're looking at for that on offense, your O-line covering the runner, the receivers on D-line, the pursuit and the swarm coming out of the stack and chasing the football. You really want to create those habits when you're not in pads. A lot of this has to do with run defense too, especially on the defensive line. He says, I think the culture on both sides of the ball is much improved from last year in terms of covering and pursuing the football, which is offensive linemen getting out there on screens, getting out there on wide zone plays and making sure making sure you're finding someone to block there. Right. Something that has not been good, you know, for no, the Chargers yeah, last no, year. Not very accurate in, on the run in space. Yeah. And also, you know, when your pursuit angles are better and the, you know, Chargers did not have good ones last year, it stops a lot of those big runs before they can turn into big runs like the, you know, six games where the Chargers gave up 40 plus yard runs in each game. So yeah. it was very interesting, even though stumbled a little bit on the question, it was a very good answer. And of course, you know, we actually get to see the pads come on tomorrow. Absolutely. And, and I mean, I think it's just good to hear the mentality and, and kind of just hear that that intention getting of, the right habits in place. Yeah. Exactly. Of getting the right habits in place and also just knowing that last year the tackling was not good enough and that we have to focus on tackling. it. And we, yeah, huh? <laughs> what? yeah exactly. Tackle? Really, really badly last year. So they know that. I think Brandon Staley knows that. And there is a point of emphasis. And I think he's bringing it up in every conversation that he can so that it sticks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, like I've talked about uh, the first day of camp, right? The tackling fundamentals, things like that have been on heavy display even before the pads have come on. And I think it's important to hear kind of what they value from the offensive and defensive linemen because just by the default of their position, you really get less opportunities to kind of show what you can do. Absolutely. So much of it is going to be gauged when the pads come on. Like Brand Staler reiterated to Daniel Popper, like with guys like JT Woods, you have to see the pads come on, and the pads are coming on today at Chargers training camp. We'll be back with you guys go, tomorrow baby. to talk about it. But I do have to bring up one more thing, which is just that I, when I asked Brandon Staley that question, I had a little bit of a jumble. You know, it's like, hey, Brandon, you know, offensive, defensive line. Right now, obviously, they don't have pads on. Offensive linemen love pads. 
defense and then I finally got back. But the reason it happened was is because I was a little taken aback by the presence that Brandon Staley carries himself with. And it, it's no, you know, after being so close to him, being in his proximity, talking to him, having him make like direct eye contact with me, no surprise that he was able to kind of sell people on his leadership to go get this job, right? To, you know, do what he has done and, and have the confidence that he has. I mean, his confidence was unshakable. He just had like such a calm, confident demeanor about him. Still gave a great answer to my question, but you can definitely kind of feel the leadership radiating off of Brandon Staley, I guess, when you're up close to him. That's something I didn't really know until I was there. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just one of those people that has a presence about them, Daniel. I think I've met a couple of people in my life that when they walk into a room, you know it. You yeah. feel it. You you know, you know sense it. It's just that's the type of aura that they exude, that they yeah. give off. And I think Brandon Staley is one of those type of guys that just has that air of confidence around him but hey when we're talking about a head coach daniel that is what you want you want your head coach to be the air of confidence you want him to be the image of confidence for your football team yeah and anthony lynn i always give credit you know like definitely a leader of men type of guy it just feels different with staley where it feels like it's a much more mutual respect less kind of militaristic which yeah. I think Anthony Wynn, when he was here, that's kind of what the Chargers needed, right? Someone to be in line with them. And he was a player's coach as well. But it's sure. just it's a different kind of – it's almost like an unearned arrogance from Brandon Staley. And it's like you kind of like that. Obviously, he has to go do it. And, yeah. like, just because he acts like this doesn't mean he's going to be a great coach. Sure. But I think if you're a Chargers fan, you have to hope that he is because he wants some stability in this franchise. And if it is that way, if he can finally go and prove it kind of this season, like, he has a lot of the other boxes checked off, changing the culture – being a good leader, having the respect of his players. It seems like he has all of those things in spades. So I can't wait to get back out there. I, I thank you to the Chargers and especially Jordan Colquitt, Danny Marquino, Josh Ruprecht, Jamal LaFrance, everyone that helped us kind of get in, you know, that Chargers training camp and also the Guilty Charge boys hung out with them. Stephen Haglin, Tyler Schoon at the practice. A lot of fun. It was great kind of all experiencing that for the first time together. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for the first padded practice to make sure you don't miss it. Go subscribe or follow free in the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen to the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find it every day on our social media. Go follow us on Twitter at Locked On OAC, me at Dan Talk Sports, and David Drogmeyer at Drotalk SD. You can also find the show's page at Locked On OAC. But can't wait to break down the first padded practice with you guys. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.